Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Jocularity! Jocularity! Mike Kapler here, Joel Brzezinski there, having a good time with the Growing in Grace podcast. Do you know what that's from, Joel, what I just did there? I've heard it, but it's not coming to my mind. You're embarrassing me. I know it, but it's it's got to be like a Seinfeld thing or something. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be. Um, it's no one of your about that. It's one. Know. It's one of your old time shows. It's got to be. It is. It is. And I know there's some out there who are saying, "Joel, come on, come on, man, bring it across." But he's not. It's clear that he's not going to come through with this. It was Father Mulcahy from Oh Mash. Mash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And that was one, that was a show I did, I watched probably every episode. Seinfeld, I didn't see every episode of, but MASH, me and my mom, that was our show. We watched that. I Yeah, that that is one that I have gone back and watched through again, and I, and I feel like doing it again now that we're having this conversation. Well, all right, let's stop what we're doing here and go watch and it. Let's have, we'll have a MASH party. <laughs> a MASH-a-thon. Yes. <laughs> Jocularity. <laughs> Father yeah. Mulcahy. Yeah, that's an all-time classic show, that's for sure. God uh, helps those who help themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure how much of the gospel you heard from <laughs> yes, the good right. father, but he probably right. said some good things. He was a good guy. Yeah. And so and so were people who tried to follow the law. They were good people, right? <laughs> well, that's what we were talking about last week. The, the Jews were seeking right standing with God through what they did, through a law of works, which really was a law of sin and death. It couldn't give life. It couldn't bring them the righteousness that they were pursuing through what they did. It couldn't do it. Uh, Romans talks about this. I believe it's in Romans 9, especially. They kind of explain this. And then the funny thing about it, here, here were the Jews just running on this treadmill at full speed, right? Not five miles per hour, not six or seven. It was, it was as high as they could go. <laughs> and it never stopped. And, and they're chasing down righteousness. Ought to be right with God, right? I mean, just to do it good enough to, to be accepted by God. And so they're doing that. They're doing that, not attaining righteousness, never could, never would. And then you've got the Gentiles. Who are they? Everybody else in the world who wasn't Jewish. Over 99% of the world's population who had no part of that first covenant, who knew, uh, for the most part, nothing about the commandments written in stone or anything related to it. They're off on their own, just far off, no covenant, basically without God, no hope, um, and that was the rest of the world. And yet, righteousness caught up to them. It pursued them, and um, faith became the, the main component in the new covenant, which would not only deliver and redeem the Jews from the old one that couldn't give them what they needed, but it would bring the Gentiles in as well, who were just out there wandering, wandering around, uh, sort of like the Jews were in the desert, um, with nothing going for them when it came to eternity. So really, both groups, Joel, in my mind, they were both without hope in that sense. I mean, they they couldn't get to uh, the the place 
of, of redemption and eternal life, um, but they were both brought into it really at the same time. Yeah. I like what you brought out there. I hadn't thought about this for some time, even though it goes along with so much of what we talk about, but in Romans 9 there, where it says, what shall we say then, verse 30, that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness. So like like you were saying, the Gentiles didn't have a covenant. They weren't under the law. They were far off from everything that had to do with Israel and the law. A lot of times people will bring up Romans 2 that says that, and, and they'll, in a lot of people's minds, Romans 2 says that the Gentiles had this law written on their hearts. But it doesn't actually say that the law was written on their hearts in Romans 2. It says that if they do something that the law says, then they show the work of the law written on their hearts. But the law itself is not actually written on their hearts. You know, like if a person, I've, I've used this example that, you know, if a, if a person in a foreign country where a man is allowed to have several wives, in America, the law says... I don't think there's a state that allows any marriages to be more than one, have the person to have more than one spouse. And so the, a person in another country, even though he's never heard of the law in America, in his conscience he thinks, I just think it's right to just be married only to one woman. And so he, he doesn't marry multiple wives, even though his, his law in his country allows him to. Um, he's just showing the American law the work of it is 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 in his conscience, uh, but he's not under the American law. He's never been under the American law. He doesn't even know what the American law says. And so Gentiles, sure, by nature, they might have a conscience that says, you know, I really should not commit adultery, or I really should not murder, I really should not steal. He's not under the law. They've, they're not under the law. Uh, they just have, by nature, something in them. And, and Romans 2, Romans 1 says that God has revealed of himself. You know, whatever is true about himself, God has revealed it through what he has created. So not to get off on all of that, but just to point out that the Gentiles, Romans 9, 30, who did not pursue righteousness, they were not pursuing God's righteousness. They were not pursuing righteousness, but they have attained to righteousness, it says, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? And, and how were they pursuing it? Yeah, they were doing it through the law, through trying to yeah. keep the law. Works, right? Yeah, through yeah. works. Yep. This shall we will do this. We will do this. These commandments you've given us, and it will be righteousness to us, is what they said. And so these works of the law that they were trying to do, they didn't do them. In fact, Romans three ends up saying that there is nobody good. There is no one righteous. No, not one. So the Gentiles who didn't have the law and who were not pursuing righteousness and Israel who had the law and were pursuing righteousness by the works of the law, neither one of them was actually good. Neither one of them was actually righteous. Neither one of them, whether you had the law or didn't have the law, in the end, it didn't matter because righteousness could only come by faith. So verse 32 of of Romans 9 says, um, so that the, the Gentiles not pursuing righteousness have attained righteousness. Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. 
And so righteousness from the very beginning, you know, God's plan for humans to be righteous has always been that they would be righteous by faith, not by works. So whether you had the law and kept 612 of the commandments, you still were not righteous. And if you didn't have the law, you didn't, if you were a Gentile, didn't even have the law, you could still become righteous because in the end, it all had to do with faith. It had nothing, nothing to do with what we do. It has nothing to do with our works. You can work and work and work and work. You know, good works your whole entire life and still fall flat on your face in front of God without any righteousness whatsoever. And you can be the worst of the worst of the ungodliest of people. And Paul says in Romans that God justifies, that means he makes a person righteous, God justifies the ungodly by faith. It's all about faith. It's all about believing God. It's all about this new covenant. The old covenant, again, was works, 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 and fail, fail, fail. Nobody who was under the old covenant ever actually did it. Nobody. And Gentiles who had nothing to do with the old covenant and the law, they also didn't do it. Nobody's good. No, not one. No one's righteous. No, not one. But a person from either group, Jew or Gentile, can reach this place of righteousness simply by believing God. That's it. You know, um, sometimes we believers in Christ, we uh, and, and church people and religious people uh, who claimed uh, to who claim the Christian faith, they're often not that much different from the rest of the world who are on the outside looking in as, as unbelievers. And what I mean by that is both groups often start getting in, whether they realize it or not, they start getting into the mindset of my good now outweighs my bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've, I've made these improvements in my life. I don't do this, this, and this anymore. I am doing this, this, and this. And that's kind of how it was for the, for the Jews, too. They, there was probably a lot of things in the law they were doing, but they weren't doing them consistently. They weren't doing them perfectly, and they would often fail. And so we got people today who have had a, a change of lifestyle, perhaps, and, and come into faith in Christ and wanted to do things differently because that's what your heart desires, really, is to, to see a change for the better that would be more profitable. Um, but we kind of get into the frame of mind where, you know, we get this self-righteousness starts to creep up again, kind of like what the Jews had. <laughs> they <laughs> still thought it was, they just thought they were doing it good enough because, I mean, how many times have I mean, we used to go out street witnessing and stuff, Joel, or we'd go up to the local, local university many years ago and we'd just start sharing Jesus with people. We'd go out to the strip on University Avenue, you know, where people would sometimes just park their car and hang out. I mean, they were just waiting there to be talked to, so we would go up to them. And this was before my grace days, but but we we would, you know, just want to introduce them to Jesus. And uh, I, But I don't know how many times uh, people would say, well, I'm not really that bad. I mean, I haven't killed anybody. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I heard that before. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a pretty good person. Well, we, we get into that frame of mind as Christians sometimes, too, that, you know, the, the people who are critical of grace. What you just described there in Romans 9, the Jews pursuing righteousness and not attaining it, the Gentiles not working for righteousness and yet attaining it, that doesn't even sound fair. It doesn't even seem to make sense, does it? Right. That's 
the grace of the gospel. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So Jesus, what is the new covenant? I mean, when, first of all, understand it didn't begin with Jesus' birth, like a lot of people think, because the Bible is set up that way, sort of with the pages and the New Testament page and all of that. Red letters appear, and, and we just think Jesus is talking to us uh, when uh, most of the time he's, he's not talking to us. He's talking to the people he's talking to. Hello, <laughs> Jewish people under the law. And, uh, and and so the new covenant really began, uh, and, and Hebrews explains this in chapter 9, it began with his death, the death of the testator, I believe the, the new King James says, the death of the testator. And so Hebrews 7 says this. Well, there's a, there's a whole bunch before this, but I, I want to squeeze this in. Jesus became, this is, uh, I think, New American Standard, Jesus became the guarantee of a better covenant. Ultimately, Jesus is the covenant. You know, we were talking before about how a covenant is sort of an arrangement or an agreement between two parties, and that's why God didn't force this uh, upon Israel. They agreed to it. Well, this covenant was between God and himself. Call it father and son, if that helps you. And so Jesus became the guarantee of a better covenant. The book of Isaiah even suggests that Jesus is the covenant. God said, I will, he prophesied, uh, Isaiah prophesied, and God said that I will give uh, you, Jesus, the Messiah, I will give you as a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. So he is our guarantee. Yeah, Jesus himself, that's, that's the guarantee. The thought that the Jews had when they were given the law was that we will do this. And so we're guaranteeing our own righteousness because, yeah, we've heard what you've said. This is what we've got to do. And so we're going to do it. And then, uh, like we've uh, said, right from the very beginning, <laughs> they failed. They didn't do it. And for 1,500 years from the time the law was given until Christ came, they, like you were saying, they, you know, they did some things well. They, sometimes they did some good things well, but overall, they did not continue in everything that was written in the book of the law to do them. They they didn't do it perfectly, uh, so they fell short on their end of the bargain uh, when it came to this covenant, and so that's why a new covenant was given. So we've probably got some more things to say about this, like why was the law given then in the first place? If it wasn't going to be righteousness for the people, uh, like they thought, maybe we can talk about that and some other things. And a special programming note, I was able to have a chat with Mike Adams uh, from the Unsunday Show podcast, and we recorded it. And so we're going to uh, present that as a special Growing in Grace Together podcast, something that I haven't done for a long time. I used to have some interviews with people. And Mike and I got together. I was on his show, the Unsunday show, uh, for an episode. And also Mike Kapler, you and I were also on Mike Adams' Unsunday show together, uh, both recently. Uh, and so now he's going to be on the Growing in Grace Together podcast. So we'll have that this week. Uh, so just check uh, the growingandgrace.org website, or it'll be right here. Uh, wherever you listen to the Growing in Grace podcast as well. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingandgrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace.